Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. everyone, welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime and whatever else comes to our minds. Just a quick reminder, we are an E4 explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. It feels eerily quiet without the lawnmower with us. Yeah, where's the lawnmower at? Uh, and our other co-host, Alex. Where's the lawnmower at, Alex? I'm disappointed in both of you because it is not a lawnmower. It is a leaf blower. Oh, oh damn it. Dang. So I couldn't tell you where the lawnmower is or the leaf blower because right now, thankfully, neither one have joined in. So, but I think it's because it was raining yesterday. So you can't really blow around like wet leaves. Do you ever just take a pile of wet leaves and just push them against your face? Ew. No. <laughs> I've not done that. <laughs> That's just how I connect with nature. Mm. Just roll around in the in the wet leaves. I like to step on the really crunchy leaf. That is somewhat satisfying. <laughs> it is. That's ASMR right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that might be the only saving saving grace right now is the fact that everything outside is damp and so you can't really leaf blow the damp leaves. That could be it. Could be it. They're watching like 15 minutes. They're going to show up anyway. I just know it. Well, you've cursed us now, and you've, yeah. you've mentioned the name, and so the summoning has begun. And this is like your HOA, like do you do your own yard kind of thing, or is this like... Oh, no, this is the this is the across-the-street neighbor. Oh, so he he has someone come and do his lawn for him. Okay. No, it's just them. It's just them. Oh. They're out, they, they leaf blow on their own yard. Oh, their lawn is like their thing, where they take care of it all the time? Yes, constantly out there. I'm like, what else could possibly be done? I mean, it's not like a very big yard. I mean, these yards are not large or anything else. It's not like an acre or anything. So I'm st- I'm always wondering, what else is there to be done? I mean, you've mowed the lawn, you've blowed the leaves, you've, you know, raked, you've planted your flowers. I mean, now it's the wintertime, so nobody's doing that anyway. So I'm like, what is there left to do? Just go inside and spend time with your family or something. I don't know. Are these the people who run the puppy mill? No. That's okay. diff- those are different neighbors. Ugh. You got some very interesting neighbors, Alex. <sighs> Don't remind me. Should we go ahead and talk about our weeks, or what are we going to do here? <laughs> oh, God. We have exciting <laughs> news this week, I think. We do? Yes. So, is this pertaining to your week? Would you like to go ahead and start, Alex? Sure, why not, since you both seem to not un- know what's been going on these these past couple days. but I don't. What, what are you talking about? I will introduce this with our week talk segment, and we spell it W-E-A-K, because we usually don't have much to say, just for transitional purposes. Alex, we'll let you kick it off, and it sounds like you have something exciting. I mean, I guess if you want to call it exciting in, in my own, like, nerdy way. I'm probably the only person that thinks this is exciting, but we did go see a movie recently. Austin's face. Oh, it's just, is like, that what you're talking in. about? <laughs> Yes, isn't that exciting? I don't know. Okay, I didn't. I thought you were talking about something like related to the podcast, and I was like, oh, oh my goodness, did we get an actual written review on Apple Podcasts? That would be exciting. Oh, I was no, too. I'm sorry. I was like, what happened? Did I, what did I miss? <laughs> no, not that exciting, but exciting. If you're like a nerdy person and all you have going on in your life is like a new movie that's coming out, then I guess it's a big deal. Jacob, have you 
you, you have not seen Spider-Man? Are you talking about the No Way Home? Yeah. You guys saw this. You guys went to the movie theater and saw this? We went to the movie theater and saw it. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We were very responsible. Just a disclaimer. We were responsible. We went early in the middle of the day last Thursday, and there wasn't very many people there. And, of course, we wore our masks the whole time. It was overall a pleasant experience, I think. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed with our theater audience. They oh, were, yeah. They weren't fun. Like, I'm like... They're making jokes on the movie. They're, like, making references to stuff. We got to laugh. We got to participate. We're an audience. We got to engage with the movie. Yes. And you people aren't having any fun, and fuck you. Yes, yes. Alex and I were the only ones, like, ha, 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 the whole time. Well, that kind of discourages you from, you know, engaging with the movie. Because there was a couple times where, you know, Austin and I were, like, starting to clap a little bit or, you know, verbally react, like, like, woo, or whatever. But then nobody else around us was doing that. So then I didn't want to be that obnoxious person sitting there going, woo, and like clapping, you know, when things happen. So we just kind of stopped doing that. But like, I think maybe it was a combination of things. We went in the middle of the day on a Thursday. I don't think that's the kind of audience that's going to be the most active. Mm, You got on at night? Was it senior, senior hour? There weren't any senior people there. No, it was younger people. There was younger people there, but they just weren't a very engaged audience, so which is okay because I still enjoyed the movie. Mm. Yeah, the audience can really make or break. I haven't been to a movie in a very, very long time, but I remember when the like was it twenty fifteen when they rebooted Star Wars for Disney, mm-hmm. and um, what was the first one? The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the audience like the intro started rolling and everyone just started clapping because I was like, okay, this is gonna be a fun time here, and everyone's like, oh, like you know. See, I find that to be really fun. I like Me that. Too. It's like you're act- it's like you're watching a play or something. It's like more fun that way. Yeah, like as yeah, immersion almost with it a little bit more. Well, maybe people kind of have forgotten how to act in the movie theater. You know, we've been out of commission, you know, things have been so weird for so long, you know, people are just well, I'm assuming most people are just now going back to the movies. So maybe they've just forgotten. Maybe we just got a bad batch of people. I don't know. Maybe we need to teach people how to be loud and disruptive. <laughs> something something you never thought. I mean, it was okay. It was overall, the movie was what really mattered. And so I thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. the movie. Okay. It was very good. I'm not going to talk about it or say anything about it because I know there's a lot of people out there who haven't seen it yet, maybe listening. So I won't say anything. But if you haven't seen it and you're a Spider-Man fan, go see it because it's good. This episode goes live, goes live on New Year's Day 2022. Oh, that's Oh, does cool. it? Yeah. <laughs> it seemed kind of fan service-y. It's, it's very fan service-y. Like, okay, good. Bear, like, that's the movie. <laughs> but they did it in a good way, I think. It wasn't just things happening for the sake of things happening. I think it all made sense in the context of the movie. Like, everything had a purpose, even though it was fan service-y. At least that's my feeling. I don't know. Okay, yes, I definitely will have to see it one way or another, either like streaming or something. But now we've got to talk about favorite Spider-Man movie or favorite Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse, baby. <laughs> Into the spider That was really good. That was really That's good. That's the best superhero movie we've ever had. <laughs> Probably. What about live action, though? Let's go live action. Okay, I can't answer this question because I wanted to do a marathon of all the Spider-Man movies before this movie came out. Oh, oh. it didn't happen. It didn't happen, though, because I had to marathon every slasher movie known to man. That was a choice that you made. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Options, options. So I can't comment because I haven't seen those movies, like the older ones, in 
literally 10 years, if not more. So I, I can't do a fair comparison. Okay. Do you remember anything about the old ones, though? Uh, I mean, I can tell you all the plot beats, but other than that. All right, Alex, what are you thinking? I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I wanted to also watch the movies beforehand, you know, as a lead up to the most recent one. But, of course, it didn't happen. I am making it a goal, which this is going to take me months, obviously. But I'm going back and attempting to rewatch all the MCU movies, including the Spider-Mans. But that's a work in progress. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's going to take forever. I know. (laughs) So don't don't be all like, oh, we'll check back in with you later because it's probably going to be months from now. So we'll all have forgotten. But I'm just trying to think. I'm probably going to just go with, based on nostalgia, the first Spider-Man movie. Okay, that's where I'm. That's where I was leaning towards too. Just for nostalgia, even though the, I remember the the guy from Nickelback and uh, Chad the Kroger, band's Saliva. Yeah, they sang the song for that movie. Oh yeah, the true, intro true. song. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? It was uh, called a hero. Not gonna stand here alone. I, I can't believe you remember the lyrics. <laughs> well. I thought it was actually a pretty good song because I, I think uh, I think Saliva they make some pretty good music. So this is going to be unpopular, and I know that this debate has come up in the past when we have discussed Spider-Man movies <laughs> off of the podcast, obviously because it's the first time we talked about this. But I was always partial to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in the fact that like his web shooting abilities were inherent to his body; like he could just produce the web fluid and shoot it out of his wrists and apparently that's wrong and bad because <laughs> Austin web fluid? yeah that's what they call it right <laughs> the organic web yeah but apparently that's wrong and not the original way because Austin has explained that he what historically has had the web shooter mechanisms yes is that right correct I don't know I just feel like it's more like super powery when he he is the spider web like he has them in his body. Yes, wait it a minute. sense for him to make webs. Like I think Austin <laughs> may be wrong here. Oh, boy. Because mm. Austin Are you wrong about this? I'm, I'm going to challenge I'm going to throw, throw it on the gauntlet here. Okay. okay. The first one's called The Amazing Spider-Man, right? No, that's the second series. That's with Andrew Garfield. Oh, do you mean the original comic? The original comic was Amazing Spider-Man, right? Right. The Amazing Spider-Man didn't have... The ability to shoot webs through his body. Spider-Man, without the amazing part, whoever did. So therefore, the Tobey Maguire one is actually canon, with it just being called Spider-Man. Austin's gonna totally debunk me. Austin's gonna. I would totally like to say me. that the series The Amazing Spider-Man launched in 1963, and the series titled just Spider-Man launched in the early 90s. I don't know the year off the top of my head, but they're both the same character, and neither of them can shoot organic webs. Right. Until that time in the mid-2000s when they could, when a sexy lady named the Spider Queen turned Peter Parker into a giant tarantula, and then he died, and then he was reborn naked from the back of the spider. Ew. And then he was able to use <laughs> organic webs for a oh. short time until he sold his marriage to the devil, and he no longer was able to do that. Okay, so what I'm getting from that yeah, is I, that I, I was right. I was right? Is that what you're saying? No, you were wrong. <laughs> Welcome to a Spider-Man podcast. Out of the web shooter. Out of the oh web God. shooter. <laughs> Out of the web fluid. I just ah! want to say, if if anyone has any questions about, like, comic book lore or something, Austin Mm-mm. is your guy because he could tell you the history. I could only tell you the major things, not all of the little details. 
That was pretty detailed. That was very detailed. Austin has the ability to do it without sounding like fanboy, I guess. If that makes uh, sense. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> yeah. that's true. No, I thought that was a very thorough ex- explanation there. That wasn't over the top, like some people. It's very straight-lined, I guess is the way I would put it. The only straight thing about me is my comic book knowledge. It's useful, especially for things like this. Although, I feel like I have probably offended some people by saying, Oh, my favorite Spider-Man is the one where he can shoot the webs out himself. Okay, my favorite <laughs> Spider-Man actor is Andrew Garfield. So. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, my week. Go ahead, Austin. So for my week, I went to go see the Spider-Man movie. Oh, my Hooray. gosh. How'd you like it? How'd you like it? I liked it. I liked it. I, I don't know. I feel like Spider-Verse was a better movie, so I'm not as all like, ah, as Alex is. But, you know, it was fun. It's Call a different around. flavor. It's a different flavor of movie. We talking vanilla, strawberry, chocolate. What flavor? Um, Neapolitan because Ooh. the Into the Spider Verse movie was very colorful. Okay, is this the <laughs> separated separated Neapolitan or like they're all kind of mixed together, swirly? Swirly. Oh, this is moose tracks, baby. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I I bought some ice cream the other day. Oh it's God. Cocoa. They were on clearance, but they said new on the packaging, meaning they've been sitting there for who knows how long. <laughs> it was Cocoa Pebbles ice cream and. Uh, Fruity Pebbles ice cream, and I tried the Cocoa, Cocoa Pebbles, and it was really bad. In the same carton, or was it two separate cartons? Two separate cartons. I okay. bought two of these. Oh, wow. And you were surprised by this? No, I'm never surprised. I just, I gotta have the experience, I guess. God. I'll try anything once. Good to know. Uh, anything else, Austin? Nah. Okay, so on to me. I haven't been doing too much. I'm watching a lot of Christmas movies still, uh, I guess, trying to... Get into the season. I know we talked about our favorite one, but have you guys seen like the Muppets Christmas? Wait, the Muppets Christmas Carol? Yeah, the Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. Ah, I love it, love it. Yes, that was a that's my first time watching it, like a week ago or something. I thought it was very good. I was actually surprised to see a famous actor like Michael Caine be a part of it, but I thought it was really fun. It's scary. Yeah, like uh, pretty intense for a Muppet thing. Yeah, what is the um? They make um two Jacob Marleys, I think, in Mm -hmm. this one. And they're both in hell. Like, they very explicitly say, like, hey, we're in hell, and we're here forever, and you're going to join us if you don't change. Yeah, but other than that, I've just been playing some phone games, like a game called Retro Bowl, and I think that's probably about it. So you guys have definitely had the more exciting weeks with watching the Spider-Man stuff. But I will say, Alex, before you move on to the MCA Universe stuff, I was thinking about our older podcast. You still have to watch the ninth episode of Star Wars. You never, oh, yeah. you never did do that because we were going to talk about it. I added all those movies to my Disney Plus list, so it's on my list to watch eventually. No oh, goodness. You're in for a real treat, as we have said before. Watch that one because that one's awful. Watch it first, and then you can move <laughs> on to like the good like MCU movies after that. Okay. Wouldn't you agree with that, Austin? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of bad MCU movies. Really? Which one? Iron Man 2. <clears throat> Yeah, Thor the Dark World. That movie was great. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. Oh my god, we had a whole lot of laughs about it anyway. Was Iron Man 2 Disney? I think they were like just barely Disney at that point. Okay, because I know the first one wasn't. The first one that kicked it off wasn't. And I thought the second no. one was like middle of the production. They got bought yeah. out or something. Okay, that might explain that a little bit. I don't know. The MCU's all... It's pretty up and down. I think it has high highs and low lows. 
Yeah. But the X-Men movies by Fox have higher highs and lower lows. <laughs> it's an up and down scale. Uh, and you're gonna you're just going to keep getting X-Men movies for the rest of your life, too. So you just got to sit back and enjoy it. Well, we're in a hiatus right now, so I'm looking forward to that reboot. It's You're going to get one at least every five years due to contract reasons. So Oh, okay. I'm not for that. Yeah, and Fantastic Four, too. You're probably going to get a lot of Fantastic Four movies every five, or at least one every five years, I think is what the stipulations were. Hmm. I, th- I don't know. I th- okay, I'm going to stop myself from going into it. Okay. <laughs> that could be another whole hour. <laughs> I, at one point, I wanted to do a podcast, and no one wanted to do it with me, where we watch all the Marvel movies and, like, release order. So I'm talking, like... Excuse me. Stop. Er, put the brakes on. You've never floated this idea before. Yes, I have. Boo on you. No, you didn't, because I would bah have said... Humbug. I would do it. Yeah, bah humbug, Austin. Okay, I Alex, would. We just learned that you have a terrible memory because you were complaining on the pod that I never drunk texted that I love you. And then I went back through my, our text <laughs> and I found receipts from 2019 where I did exactly that. Yeah, so okay, so wait, wait, wait a minute. Just last night. Okay. Just last night because I was over at Austin's house. We were hanging out and we watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which was a good movie, by the way. And I was... Very interested in Papa Ten Rings. That's what I decided to call him. We were watching it. Because I don't even know his name. But... The antagonist. Yeah, the antagonist. But I said to Austin, Ooh, Austin, we should go back and watch all the movies. And you're like, You can do that on your own time. Because I don't want to do that. (laughs) And here you are sitting here telling me to my face, I want to do a podcast where we watch all the Marvel movies. Okay. (laughs) I no longer want to do that (laughs) podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Before this podcast, I wanted to do that podcast, but I know that's no longer the case. <laughs> that would be a long one. Well, yes, it would be, but I was also lamenting the fact that when we were watching this, because it came up, I was like, oh, Austin, I had a, a memory about when we were watching, like, when Iron Man came out, and they were all, the whole plot with the Mandarin or whatever, and I was like, oh, is this related to that in any way? And he was like, yes. And I was like, oh, this is why I have to go back and rewatch it, because I don't remember shit. And so... That's how we got on that. Okay. So so you no longer want to do that podcast. Well, what I wanted to do, and this isn't a twist so much of so much as it is kind of the premise, do all the Marvel movies. <laughs> by which I mean like starting with the Captain America nineteen forties serial oh, movie. Wow, okay, no, really? that's too much. Yeah, that's why you said you didn't want to do it. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do Japanese Spider-Man. Japanese Spider-Man. Awesome. Oh, you gotta watch Japanese Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do, like, the Fantastic Four movie in the 90s that was never released. I wanted to do, like, the animated stuff. I wanted to do every single movie. No one wants to do it with me. Or no one wanted to do it with me. That's a lot. Howard the Duck. We might die first, honestly. Because I haven't seen all of them. I've never seen the Blade movies. I've never seen, I've seen some those. Punisher movies. I've never seen the second Ghost Rider movie. <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> second, I forgot. I forgot all about Ghost Rider. You're probably not mitch, missing much with that, but goodness, that'd be a lot. I've never seen the Power Pack TV movie pilot. What the hell? Exactly. That welcome to my extensive Marvel movie podcast project. Is Captain Planet Marvel? No. Okay. He should be. Captain Planet is Ted Turner. Oh. <laughs> Captain Planet. He's a hero. I don't remember the rest of it. Love fire that was our weeks that was our weeks captain we're Planet. wacky we're crazy and this is probably not interesting in the slightest at least i got an excuse 
What? I'm all medicated. That's true. Yes, we're wishing you a very speedy recovery and from the sniffles. From the sniffles. Uh, well, I guess with our weeks, is everyone done with their week? I guess we can move on to the main topic of the podcast. Yeah, we have to move on. We've, We've got to keep going. We can... Marvel's one of those topics that could just keep going and going and going. Yeah, you could do a whole podcast about it. We could. We can do all the movies. So we're gonna stop digging deeper with the rabbit hole here, and we're gonna move on to Pokemon. this week and they are showdown at the pokey corral and the evolution solution let me bring up the randomizer here i should have done this earlier (laughs) all right austin you will be doing the 30 second summary challenges and i got the first one showdown at pokey corral and then alex you have the evolution solution we've got some real bangers here for you this week Okay, let's go. Okay. Um, Alex, do you mind timing it? I certainly can. Hold, please. Uh, Jacob's sick. He can't time. No, I can't. I can barely count. Three, two, one, go. Mr. Mime wakes up Ash with a vacuum cleaner in the face. And then they all go to Oaks Ranch where they find Gary. We get some exposition that the Pokemon League will be in two months exactly at the Indigo Plateau. Then we get some comparisons between Ash and Gary. Um, and we learn that the other two pallet trainers dropped out. And then Team Rocket attacks, but the Tauros come by and they smack them down. And Mewtwo blows up Team Rocket headquarters, but Giovanni doesn't die. And then they all build a fence back. And the episode ends like that. Time. I'm a bit out of practice. So I put in my notes here for the showdown at Pokey Corral, at the Pokey Corral. I put that and then AKA MTV Cribs Pokemon Edition with Professor Oak here. Because <laughs> oh bas- kinda, yeah. Because this is basically just a walkthrough of all the fascinating stuff that Professor Oak does for all these Pokemon and all the resources that he has for them. Which, admittedly, I kind of feel like this is a necessary episode, because we've never seen this before, and it's going to be, like, a mainstay. That's what I put. I was like, I remember growing up when I was watching this arc, I was like, okay, this is clearly filler for, like, you know, getting to the league or whatever. But I was like, this episode's actually very, like, you learn a lot and kind of understand the process of Oak and how he operates a little bit. So that was the cool part of it. Okay, I have a problem with this episode, and that problem is the title of it. Is another typo? Yeah. Well, not just Two that. typos in a row. There were typos. They spelled the word corral wrong. But also, I felt like after watching this whole thing through, because I think the last time we mentioned we were going to be watching this one, I got all excited because I was like, oh my god, it's like Tombstone, which is like one of my favorite movies, which is a Western movie with, you know, Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp, all this stuff. This episode, I feel like, had absolutely nothing to do with the wild west or there there was no west overtones or anything was there even a showdown i mean i know we'll get there at the end but there was barely a showdown and i was very confused by it ash and gary had a philosophical showdown yeah (laughs) what's it called like a like a quasi war where you just kind of talk about all the stuff you have without actually fighting it was something but i was very disappointed and let down because i was expecting like wild west action like yeehaw and there wasn't any of that so there was not 
and I guess we'll go ahead and dive in here. And uh, kind of like what Austin says, for this episode, we start out with Ash, and he's dreaming. He's basically in the Pokemon League, and he's feeling very confident about himself. Then we see Miami take a vacuum cleaner to his face and just kind of <laughs> go at him with the vacuum cleaner for about a minute or two. There's a quote that um, once he wakes up, Ash works, works his way downstairs. There's a quote his mom says that, did anybody have that quote? Yes. Okay, never mind. We'll move on for that. But a- Ash's mom remarks <laughs> that, hey, you know... Mom's job is to clean up around here, so you better watch out with <laughs> what he chooses to clean, basically. Mimey uh. is a little, like, he's a little sass master. He's just, he's very impish, and he gets away with it because Delia is like, she favors him, obviously, but. <laughs> very I impish. like Mimey. <laughs> impish. Yeah, it. impish. He's a fairy. He has that fairy uh, trickery going on. Not at this point, he's oh, not a fairy. That's true. He will a- later. But do you think he's got under he's got her her under control a little bit? Because he did make his way at home awfully quick here. Well, he didn't just show up randomly and never leave. Are you saying that he's psychically manipulating Delia? Yes, I think that's oh what's going God. on. Here. Either that or he's a squatter. At least he earns his keep or something. I don't know. But then you can make the argument of like Delia, is she like paying him a fair wage or what's happening? Is this like an indentured servitude situation? I think he's squatting and then he cleans because after like so long you've been squatting somewhere, it becomes yours. So maybe he's just cleaning to the point of that time. And then he's like, okay, I'm taking over now. And he, that's Regardless. my conspiracy theory. Mimey lives there now and he's Delia's favorite son. I would love to know about Mimey's life like in the pallet wilderness, like <laughs> what he did day to day to the, inspire him to go into a woman's home and like start sweeping and vacuuming everything. And like, presumably he like cleans the toilets and shit, right? Like. Literally. Aha. So we go from Miami kind of being the opening comic relief here, and then we head to Team Rocket, who's going through the forest to go back to Giovanni, because Meowth states that they have what he calls CFS, Complete Failures Syndrome. And I guess they're trying to get back into Giovanni's good graces, because they're wandering through, and then Meowth gives them the silly idea of, hey, they're trying to leave Team Rocket. Should they leave Team Rocket, or should they actually stay in Team Rocket? I was thinking that they should just leave Team Rocket. Was anybody else agreeing with them when they were going through this argument here? They thought that they would end up getting fired because they're incompetent. So instead of waiting around to get fired, that they were just going to march in there and give Giovanni what for and quit instead. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought that was a pretty good idea. It's like if you think you're going to get fired, you might as well go out like on a high note a little, at least for them, you know. You can't fire me. I quit. It's better to get fired because then you can collect unemployment. If you quit, you can't get unemployment. You know what? In the Pokemon world, you probably get unemployment for being fired from Team Rocket. Like, I think they're probably <laughs> like an accredited institution in that world. I'm surprised Giovanni hasn't paid them to leave at this point. Just, you know, you've caused so much trouble. Just leave. You know what? This is a good point, Austin, because they have several obvious, like, base locations around. Like, the one they're going to is, like, literally a castle in the woods outside of pallet town with a giant red r on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no secret at all <laughs> yeah it's not a secret or anything so where is the police like this clearly is something that the police would know about and yet they allow them to continue operating unhindered giovanni's like one of those people who he has so many underlings that you can't ever make it to the top so it's kind of like he's probably doing all this illegal stuff, but they can't ever find enough like evidence to really kind of arrest him. So I think maybe that's what's going on here. He just has all his underlings take the fall continuously, and they just willingly do it. He's running a like a sanctioned Pokemon gym, for God's sake. I mean, 
the police are in league with with the criminal organizations. It's just there's no other explanation here. I mean, like in later seasons, we're gonna see stuff like they have like a Team Rocket Academy and shit, and they have like the Team Rocket corporate magazine. <laughs> <laughs> like this is very extensive. They do. Yeah. It's like oh Saints Row a little bit, you know, like as you play, like do the Saints Row games, everything just becomes Saints Row, like TV magazines. That's I think this is like where they got their idea from. Apparently, there's no consequence. The credibility of Team Rocket as an institution in the Pokemon world is always baffling, but whatever. So we're con- the Team Rocket's contemplating leaving Giovanni and quitting Team Rocket. Leaving Giovanni, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> leaving Giovanni's grasp upon their lives. Anyway, as they're walking towards the giant R stadium or base, whatever, they see it explode and we see Mewtwo fly out. And then we learn that Jesse and James don't have to worry about leaving Giovanni because he's dead. He died in the explosion when Team Rocket left. They assume he's dead. Is it Jesse who says, that means he's dead? Like, she says it. (laughs) Just kidding. He's still alive. (laughs) Okay, this next part. Well, first of all, Jacob, we haven't necessarily been introduced to Mewtwo as Mewtwo yet right no but this is this is him outside his like we see him as himself i think for the first time in the series because the robotic or control armor is completely gone from him when we see him like explode the building it like comes off in pieces yeah like it shreds away yeah it does yeah i didn't see that part i think it's recycled animation from the movie itself It, it looked like it it really did look like it i think it is you want to say something no, I was just going to say, we see Giovanni, who has th- is the sole survivor of this massive casualty, like, explosion. The entire building is, like, smoking ruins, and he's just sitting there completely unscathed. He has not a single hair out of place. He's just sitting there in the rubble. I mean, have you seen his hair? It's, yeah. like, it's like really gelled down. Like, it could not be out of place. I actually kind of have a Giovanni cut going on right now. You do. A little bit. It's all that gel. I was very interested in how Giovanni seemingly escaped with he doesn't even have a single like singe mark or anything on his clothes like he's just completely fine that orange suit will protect you from anything (laughs) see you you bash the orange suit but it's practical (laughs) it's like it served its purpose here Mm -hmm. then he get he so he gets up from the rubble and then he gets in a helicopter right or what does he get in was it a jet a helicopter, helicopter comes and takes him away. Okay, so he's he's fearless too. So this orange suit must be like death proof. Because if I was had a Pokemon that destroyed a building in a quick instant like that, he has some serious balls to get in a helicopter and go after it. Oh, I don't think he's going after it. You don't think so? Because he says I gotta go take care of this problem, and he like oh goes after it. Well, he's not gonna find you two for like three years, so he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Oh goodness, I guess without that suit on, he can't track him. All right, anyway, so Giovanni does that, and we kind of get that little first glimpse of Mewtwo, even though we don't know it's Mewtwo. Transition here. We're going back to the Professor Oak's place here, and we go into the lab. And Ash, Misty, and Brock, they're walking down to the lab, and then we see that Ash's rival, Red, I mean Gary, has made it to... <laughs> Blue. <laughs> Blue has made it to Oak's lab. I guess this is kind of where we kind of get that little start of the buildup of who's the better trainer. Oak is kind of playing neutral here. He's like, hey, you both of you guys are ready for the league. The sad thing here is, though, that Ash has no idea where the where the league is being held. So mm. once again, Ash is lost, and they have no idea where they're going. I love how Gary specifically says, do you know where it is this year? And Ash is like, no. And Gary's like, it's in the same place every year. <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> it's like in the same place every year. We learn that it's an indigo plateau, which 
in the games, it is there as well. Okay, I do have a question about this because if it's if it's just held in the same. Okay, I would understand Ash's confusion if it moved around or it was like invitation only or something, and you had to be informed of where it is if it changes on an annual basis. But it literally is held in the same place every time. Why would Ash not have seen some kind of like tournament on TV where they announce? I mean, I feel like this is a big televised thing. So wouldn't they just say, welcome back to this year's Pokemon League at the Indigo Plateau? And he would know where it is, right? It's it's like right near Paladown. Yeah, it's, it's like right, right there. Yes. So that's why I don't understand. Doesn't the series open up with him watching it too? Isn't he watching yes. a Pokemon League battle? Then again, it makes no sense. Yeah. Unless he thought it was like they change locations every year, which, but obviously he's been watching, he's been wanting to be a trainer forever, so he's been watching the same thing for 10 years, potentially. I don't know. I mean, this is the same stupid Ash who has a room full of Pokemon stuff and then doesn't know the Pokemon when he actually sees them. That's true. I'm not surprised Ash doesn't know, like, simple things. However, Misty and Brock should know better. Yeah. Yeah, they're freaking Brock. gym leaders. They're trainers. Yeah, leaders. Sometimes, you know, I know they, they keep stuff out for the sake of, like, plot and, like, introducing it to the audience, but this is a real leap of logic here. So we find out that the Pokemon League is at the Indigo Plateau. Finally, Ash is, knows where it's at, even though it's been there forever. <laughs> and then they, we get a little bickering here between Ash and Gary. Does anyone want to go into that, or do we just leave it at they're just kind of like, oh, I'm stronger, you're stronger? Uh, I'll go into it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Unless you have something to say, Alex. No, I was just going to say, I did like this little backstory we kind of get from Professor Oak about the other two trainers that also started out with them from Pallet Town. And he just, he makes a mention of them briefly, but he's basically like, oh, you and, you know, Gary are the top trainers from Pallet Town. The other two started out really strong, but they just didn't have the skill. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I think they gave up and went home. They probably got bored, burnout. They li- but they said they started off strong. So I'm like, okay, if you're starting out strong and your things are going well, why would you just quit? What's that uh, one lady who sets all the traps in the forest or whatever? Melanie. M- Melanie, Melanie, Melanie got them. <laughs> ran into Melody and couldn't get past her. They came home missing limbs. That's right. <laughs> I had to gnaw off my own leg to escape that <laughs> ursaring trap. It was that net. Or Cassandra freaking spored them to death with Parasect and like. Oh, okay, that was my fan fiction. That wasn't canon. Like <laughs> Melanie the murderer. <laughs> Melanie the murderer. <laughs> oh gosh. So I think skill may be uh, the not the only reason why these two trainers didn't make it. Maybe. <laughs> oh, they kind of like weird people. They probably ran into Seymour and that other dude. I think if most people ran into the situations Ash was running into every fucking day, they'd be like, "I'm out. No, I'm done." Yeah, that's that computer world fair. situation, the, the Safari Zone warden sticking his gun in my face, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, in that case, point. I don't blame them for being like, okay, I'm done with this. I had my fill, I'm going home, but... And we haven't even gotten to, like, the movie adventures of it all and, like, meeting the gods of time and space and all that. Oh my gosh, that's true. This is, like, minimal compared to what we expand upon, too. Wow. <laughs> like that only gonna... happens to Ash because he's the chosen one. Presumably everybody else is not, they don't have that privilege. Or curse, I guess, if you really want to. I, I think it's probably more of a curse, but. I would say mix between like curse and. Because I think Ash <laughs> enjoys it. So it's like a curse for a normal person, which is why these two trainers didn't make it. Then it's like a blessing to him because he just loves the, <laughs> the stupidity. Well, he never remembers it the next day. He doesn't just wiped from his brain. <laughs> right. Somebody's just being mean to Ash. He doesn't age. They're just making him go through this again. <laughs> okay, so Gary. Gary. 
basically this is a very heavy exposition episode and we get a direct comparison between Gary and Ash. Oak more or less tells us that Gary is more of a, well, I'll get into it. Gary's a hoarder and I don't like it. Oh, like he has 200 Pokemon. Ash has like, well, Ash has 30 Tauros, but other than that, he only has like a handful and then Gary stresses the importance of rotation and having a team bigger than six, which, like, fair. That's a good approach. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ash, you know, he has his chosen handful. But I'm like, Gary could not possibly be attending to the needs of 200 Pokemon. That's impossible. Which is always why I find it weird when people do a comparison between playing the video game and watching the show. Because, like, in the show... These are living creatures. Like, these are hyper-intelligent animals that require tending to, and mm-hmm. they have needs and such. And you're like, genuinely raising them. So, yeah, you would only want to have a handful. Gary has fucking 200 of them. Yeah. What are they doing with them? I know we see, like, the Doduo and all that, but that's very weird and very different. It is. It's like someone who adopts too many pets that they can't take care of them. It's, that's you know, exactly what I wrote. Was yeah. like, we need to interfere if it wasn't, which we learned this episode, if it wasn't for Oak, these Pokemon would be potentially, like, suffering, starving, or they would just be in their Pokeballs forever. Okay, can I jump in and defend Gary to that point? Yes. Because I feel like that's exactly the reason. He wouldn't catch them if he didn't have Oak's facility to send them to. So I think by that very, like, explanation, it's like, I don't think if he was just, if he didn't have the means, he wouldn't do it kind of thing. Mm, fair. So that's probably why, because he can but he wouldn't if he couldn't. That's what I'm trying to say. He just doesn't care about putting all responsibility on his uncle then. Your grandfather? Your grandfather. <laughs> and presumably that he, we probably don't see them, but I want to th- assume that Oak has helpers, like assistants or volunteers or some, you know, employees that to help care for the Pokemon. That's so funny because it came out with the exact opposite reaction. I'm like, Oak is doing this all by himself. He's doing a workforce of dozens by his lonely self. No, and only Oak Tracy is... can can save him. I have thoughts about Oak, but <laughs> I'll save well, it. You can you can get into it. Well, I, I'll no, I'll save it because I'll well, I'll just save it. Should we finish Gary first? Yeah. The other thing is, Ash has scanned over 100 Pokemon with the Pokedex. Gary has scanned significantly less, which I mean. The Pokédex is worthless, so I kind of I'm on Gary's side on this one. Well, he explains why. He explains why he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He says that he already knows about them, which these two episodes we get a lot of backstory into the Pokédex, which it's literally based on what these wacky professors who don't know anything are putting into the Pokédexes and like the next episode, well we'll get into it mm-hmm. later, but the next episode, I mean, it's basically admitted that a lot of it's made up. Gary literally tells Ash that the reason why he hasn't scanned the Pokemon is because he already knows about them. So why would he waste time doing that? Ash is scanning them because he's an idiot and doesn't know anything about anything. And that's why he has to rely on Dexter. So Ash is doing it because he's the host of a children's cartoon. And yeah. he's having to introduce these marketable characters <laughs> to the children. <laughs> Gary doesn't have that mission on his, his. He can just go through at his own pace without having to worry about <laughs> explaining yeah. every single little activity. He doesn't have the camera crew following him around. Yes. What a twist that would be if it was like The Office in the final season. Ash like turns <laughs> to the cameraman and it was like, oh, Brian, I, I, this is so difficult for me. And like you see the camera people come <laughs> into the narrative. <laughs> you see a guy put on a boom mic and walk up to Ash yeah. and start patting him on the shoulder. It's okay. It's okay. We don't age either. Like They've been there the whole time. Okay. <laughs> That'd be great. 
<laughs> his name would be Derek, not Brian, though. I guess. Oh, okay. It's Derek. The other weird thing is Ash has the moment of like, Pokemon are our friends. And Gary's like, what? And then Oak interjects, yes, Pokemon are our friends. They're each special. And I'm like, Gary seems like he would agree with that. Like, he warmly greets his Doduo when it wanders up. I don't yeah. Like, yeah. His whole surprise of like, Pokemon can be our friends doesn't make any sense because like you said he's very friendly with his pokemon and it seems like he cares about them quite deeply because he gives that whole speech of like trainers have to you know help their pokemon grow and and be the best they can be and it just seems like he's very much a part of that whole like mentality of loving and caring about your pokemon like just because he has a lot doesn't mean that they're just numbers to him so don't understand his whole pokemon are friends what are you talking about ash that was his whole argument, too, about catching a lot of Pokemon, was, like, you catch a lot to train them and help them grow. Yes. You don't use the same Pokemon over and over again. So that was, like, catch a variety, and you train them all, then you help them all out to grow stronger and, and be better. It seemed to me that they couldn't really decide whether or not they wanted Gary to be, like, the quantity over quality type, or, you know, quality over quantity type. But, um, I don't know. I think Gary was doing that. He does care about his Pokemon, so... They can't decide if they want Gary to be hated or not. <laughs> you know, I think really that's it. They don't know. They like kind of toe the line with him being a jerk, but then they don't. His actions aren't really jerkish with how he acts towards regular people besides Ash. So I don't know. Gary's a villain that just doesn't show up enough to have enough influence <laughs> influence on the series, really. He's no Paul. No, he's not. Gary's, he's, I think he just talks a big game. I don't think he's, he's a villain or anything like that. I agree with that. I will say I, this is more evidence for the they wanted Gary to be a researcher all along theory. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, he's he's now gathering large numbers of these, so he has like quantitative data to go through, and like he says he specifically likes to learn about them by you know interacting with them, like just like his grandfather does, as Oak tells us. That makes sense. I think so. Do we want to talk about Oak, Alex? Since you seem to have a strong opinion. Yeah, let's move on to Oak. <laughs> A little bit of backstory. The whole Team Rocket thing this episode, they're just there for comic relief. Okay, so like before we kind of talked about like how Gary and them are bickering a lot. You see Team Rocket show up to Delia's house. And this it helps explain the plot a little bit later. They show up at Delia's house and they have fake news reporters, but their mind pushes them away. And then we see them in the forest uh, going through like Oak's backside of his ranch. And they run into a bunch of Beedrill. And then that leads us to Professor Oak now, who's talking about his daily schedule, about how he kind of does all the work for gary and ash let's get into oak he gives him a tour of this lab where he like made all these like custom habitats and he doesn't he say something like he's made a recent discovery where this okay this is so stupid i feel like this isn't really scientific at all this just seems like it would be common sense but he's like i've discovered that pokemon who spend time with their trainers often take on the characteristics of their trainers and i was like wow oak what a discovery like you're literally sitting there saying that if you spend time with somebody you adopt their mannerisms and you get closer in terms of a bond like wow what a concept (laughs) it's a little egotistical (laughs) oak there like i discovered this this is all me here yeah i'm like okay yeah of course if you spend a prolonged period of time with you know somebody like a pet or something like spends time with its owner trainer obviously they're going to get a deeper bond and and take on the mannerisms a little bit i mean that's just common sense i feel like but that's our big discovery of the day i guess 
I don't know, my whole feeling about Oak, and I wanted to kind of save this to the end when we do MVPs and LVPs, because okay. Professor Oak is, again, he's just a giant butthole, I think. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, what the heck? You can't lead up with that. You gotta, you gotta, let's get some explanation here. He's so antagonistic this whole time. He's, like, gleefully watching from the background. It's like Ash and Gary are bickering, and he, like, actively encourages it this whole, like, the whole time. He's an instigator. He is an instigator. Like, he's basically like, yeah, those other two kids weren't as good as you guys. They were, you know, they failed and came home, but, you know, you guys are the best. And then he's, like, pitting Ash and Gary against each other, like, I don't know. He's, like, in the background. Like, at one point, and I was going to save this, but I'll just get into it now. Like, at one point, Brock says, Professor, there's going to be a fight, because, like, Ash and Gary are getting heated as far as, you know, their their thoughts on training and, and their methods and everything. And Professor Oak's just sitting there eating bonbons or whatever the hell. And he's just like, no, don't worry about it. I'm a professor. I'm not a referee. Just letting them about to come to like fisticuffs, basically. And he's like, oh, well, just let them be boys or whatever. I don't know what his problem is. I'll defend Oak here. Oh, God. I think that Gary went to Oak. Gary, Gary and Oak have a special relationship, obviously, because they're related. I think Oak knows that Gary is going to more pursue the route of a professor or kind of like researcher based on how he acts and probably some stuff he's told Oak. Oak knows that Ash wants to be a trainer, but he also knows that Ash is very naive and very kind of like ditzy when it comes to like training and kind of lazy. So I think he's letting him go here a little bit to kind of motivate him to fight Gary and train and battle, trying to get him a little push without having to, like, push him. Because they know they're not actually going to fight. They're just going to battle Pokemon. So maybe Oak's trying to see the potential in two and, and Ash and trying to get him to actually train because we know he's not going to for the next two months, obviously. Mm. Oak is playing three-dimensional chess with these children. Yes. <laughs> Someone's got to be the adult there. <laughs> I mean, really. They've been without him forever, and every single adult they've met so far has just been crazy or loony, so... That's true. Someone's gotta be, like, the voice of reason, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Oak is a master manipulator. I could see it that way. I think it goes both ways, maybe. I mean, at the very end, he's, like, getting them to do, like, hard labor around his, like, farm, and it was some stupid explanation of he's, like... I'll just get into it. I hope this is anybody's quote, but basically he's, like, Ash's Tauros... Well... I know we haven't gotten to this part yet, but basically Ash's Tauros break up section of fence and like Ash is like, okay, it's time to train and get ready for the Pokemon League or whatever. And Oak is like, wait, but before you do that, you've got to rebuild this fence because your Tauros broke it. And then he gives him some stupid bullshit of like helping your friends, helping others, sharing their burdens. That's the way to become a better trainer, better friends, and a better person. Do some hard labor and you'll be okay. You say that, but that worked for Rocky and the Karate Kid. So Okay. <laughs> He's like a Miyagi figure. <laughs> That's me like, pick up jacket, put jacket down, pick up jacket. It worked for him. Probably going to work for Ash here. I mean, all Oak had to say was, your dirty Tauros broke the fence. You need to fix it. This is your responsibility. I mean, that's all he needed. He didn't have to throw in some stupid BS of, like, you know, share each other's burdens and all this stuff. And, like... Shout out to Missy and Brock. They were helping Ash with the, putting out those... He told them he had to. Yeah, he oh, said, he did? Yeah. He's oh, like, yes. You and your, he said you and your friends. <laughs> yeah, because Misty... Friends. Misty literally says, what? Like, us too, because, you know, they were just standing there innocently as this is happening. 
and Professor Oak is like, oh, yeah, like, it'll all be good for you. Like, put some hair on your chest. Okay, now help Ash. Like, Bibsy and Rock didn't do anything wrong. They were I know, just exactly. See, see, I would have been apt to, I would agree with you if, like, Oak's whole thing was Ash. You know, these are your Pokemon. You know, you've got to take responsibility. You know, but that makes perfect sense to me, obviously. But not Misty and Brock. I mean, they were just standing there and somehow Oak ropes them into doing this so that just proves that maybe oak's doing all this by himself he didn't have anybody hand like he didn't give it to anybody else so maybe oak is doing this by himself he's treating crabby like a servant yes (laughs) bring me tea (laughs) yeah he's like ash there's your crabby and like poor little crabby is like carrying this giant plate of like hot drinks that could fall onto its head at any moment (laughs) with a claw too there's like no palm to grasp it it's like a plate with like a hook you know it's balancing weird yeah you know what if i was a trainer if i was ash and i saw my pokemon like being reduced to like doing like menial tasks and like waiting on oak hand and foot around the the lab i'd be pissed off i'm like why are you treating my pokemon like your personal assistant Another strike in the oak against oak in this episode. Gosh, Alex, you're building up your vendetta against oak here. This this just keeps tallying up here. Oh, yes. Well, I have more examples. All right. (laughs) For your LVP and MVP? Yeah. Well, I feel like you guys probably already know who my LVP for this episode is. It's probably going to be the opposite of mine. So we're going to have opposite (laughs) picks here. Yep. Might be some contradictions here. Sorry. I know I derailed. We haven't gotten to the end yet. Well, no. I mean, we basically kind of summarized everything up to that point that oak is going through the ranch he's kind of telling all his details and what he does every single day and then we get you know team rocket comes in again for the comic relief and they go to the uh, electrode pit and i guess they all self-destruct that alerts like you know ash and gary and uh, oak that someone's like invading on their ranch and team rocket confronts ash and them but before they, they sing their motto, but before they can, a bunch of Tauros run through the fence and just send them to an oblivion. And then Oak, <laughs> as we talked about earlier, makes the kids fix the fence. So I think like what we talked about is the main point of the episode about talking about mm-hmm. like the different, this is like a character analysis and kind of showing off like what Oak does each and every single day. So I think we hit like the main points and what the episode was trying to convey. I will point out when Oak and Gary saw Team Rocket, their jaws dropped because, oh my God, that's a talking meow. <laughs> oh right i'm glad we're getting that i finally acknowledged that happens in this episode and the next one as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. didn't happen only like once before but i can't it was anthony or not anthony uh the russian proctor guy yeah <laughs> russian proctor yeah that's basically it oh my god a talking meow yep i appreciate the oaks for doing that good job guys yeah that wasn't in the pokedex <laughs> nope now it's gonna be in there though every mouth is gonna be able to talk now but yeah, that uh, that basically sums up the episode. Does anyone else have anything to add before we move on to our LVP and MVP and our quote? Do y'all remember watching this on TV in the, as a kid? I remember watching no. it like uh, through my watch through a couple years ago. Okay, because I remember watching this on TV as a kid and thinking, what episode did Ash catch the Tauros at the Safari Zone? Oh, that didn't right. happen. Yeah, I didn't even th- consider that. Yep, this is their dub debut, I believe. Well, they do mention it. I mean, Oak does say something like, that's the 30 Tauros she caught at the Safari Zone. So I guess that's our little, like, explanation as to where they came from. That just happened off screen at some point. Actually, it kind of did happen off screen at some point. I thought we touched on that. This is the first time we touched on that? I thought, like, we've said it before. Not, like, in the in a dub. Oh, did we? I have no idea. I could be wrong. Maybe, I don't know. I can't remember. That's probably it, the first I could have time. a false memory no. in my brain. <laughs> Trust me, you're probably, you, you're probably more right. I... I as we know. 
<laughs> As we know. Should we go more into Spider-Man trivia before we move on? Because I got some. Okay. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man's very weird. We could, I, could, I could talk a lot about Spider-Man because there's one okay. thing about Spider-Man. Do you, do you want to talk? tell you or do you want to move on? No, tell me. Tell me. I want to hear. Do you remember it's called like Spider-Man and it's like in the future when Spider-Man's like really old and he's dating Mary Jane. Like she winds up getting cancer because he's radioactive and like, I think mm-hmm. we, we talked about this before and I told you this mm-hmm. is the first thing I learned about Spider-Man was mm-hmm. he has like radioactive sperm. So every time he sleeps with Mary Jane, he's giving her like cancer. And so she, I think he eventually gives her cancer. And this is like the Dark Knight Returns version of Spider-Man where he's just old and grumpy and doesn't care about anything anymore. Good Lord. Austin looks like he's reaching for something. This is the book, Spider-Man Reign, in which he kills Mary Jane with his cum. <laughs> I have yes, it right it's here. right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. Let's see if I can find the quote. That's going to be no, your quote okay. for the episode. It's going to take too long. It's not worth it. No, 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 no. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. You make that your quote for this episode while we move no. on. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can move on to our quotes in our MVP and LVP. Remember, your most viable player, least viable player, and the quote that had the most impact. Remember, no repeats unless it's the like opposite. Like, if your MVP can buy, be my LVP and so forth. It is Austin, me, and then Alex. My LVP will be Oak. Just kidding. No, it's not. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't say, don't, don't spoil it. I actually don't have an MVP or LVP for this episode at all. Like, literally, I don't have any written down. This is where you just come up with it. The Tauros. Okay, MVP is Tauros. Thank you, Jacob. You're welcome. For blasting off Team Rocket. And <laughs> LVP is... um. Damn, I'm really bad this episode. LVP is Mimey because when he sweeps away Team Rocket, he does it by sweeping a dirt road, <laughs> which is one of my favorite visual gags. But Mimey, get your shit together. My quote will be one that is out of context but i picked it just to piss off alex oh and it's misty saying well if there's only 150 kinds of pokemon oh god <laughs> <laughs> little did yeah. she know you know what i avoided talking about that whole thing because i know i've expressed my distaste for this in the past and this episode pissed me off because they acknowledge it like i think brock says at some point he's like there's Togepi, so, like, clearly there has to be more than 150, and why doesn't Professor Oak... Okay, because then he mentions in the next episode there's this other professor that they have to go see to do some shit for that episode, but clearly he's been in contact with professors from other regions, so then how would they not say, oh, yes, like, talking to Professor Elm or somebody, like, that there's more po- it doesn't make sense and i can't my blood pressure is going up okay i can't do this okay ignore it it's in retcon ignore your face there <laughs> oh austin did you do your quote yep okay. yeah it was, that the, was quote. misty and the 150 oh. pokemon all righty so i guess it's my turn now and i'll start with my mvp because i know this is going to be controversial Ooh. i gave my mvp to oak for taking oh, for taking care of all the pokemon and the absence of Gary and Ash, because we saw that room full of Pokemon. We know that it's not only their Pokemon he's taking care of, but all the other trainers from that city. So good for you. And imagine like those two trainers that probably quit. They probably just left their Pokemon there because they're not going to be trainers anymore. So he's taking care of abandoned Pokemon as well. I want to know exactly how many trainers have stored their Pokemon at this facility. I want to know, like, I want some numbers on this. Yeah, I need some quantitative data here. Give me some numbers. 
but anyway, he's my MVP. And then I gave my LVP, and this isn't for like any actions. It's kind of just more of like what they have to do. I gave it to the twerps for having to rebuild the fence because that's going to suck. I think that's going to be a really <laughs> long, drawn-out task. Eh, okay. Probably an hour. Yeah, they they made pretty good progress, what we could see. Remember, it's Ash, though. It's Ash and Friends, so... That's true. It's probably not going to be the best-built fence. (laughs) This is going to end with the hammer lodged in Ash's (laughs) eye like butters. It's going to be like the guy from Happy Gilmore with a nail in his head. It's going to be like, what the... (laughs) Goodness. And then my my quote is... This is after Ash gets vacuumed in the face. Or I could say something else, but I'm not going to. Gets sucked (laughs) by Miami. No. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that was going to go up. (laughs) I was waiting for that. <laughs> there it is. Delia says, well, you know, when Miami sees something dirty, he has to clean it up. I was like, oh, sick burn. It's calling your son dirty and filthy. He's probably right. We never, you know, we don't know if he's bathed or not. He looks like a, what's the kid from the Peanuts? Pigpen. Pigpen. He looks like Pinpin. Pigpen walking around there. Pinpen. 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 He looks like Pinpen. Well, Misty does say that. Her Her response to that is... That maybe he can go another week without taking a bath now that Mimi has vacuumed his face. So clears the sinuses. I need that. I need to vacuum to the face. Let's see. Uh, all right, I am gonna give my MVP to Gary. MVP. <laughs> Austin. <laughs> yes, MVP. Were you waiting for that? the picture of this right now austin just flipping through a comic book he's like there it is there no surprise great okay i i like gary i appreciate gary i think that like we were talking about earlier despite their efforts to kind of have like gary as this antagonistic type person towards ash i think he had some valid points like i don't necessarily think that his method of training is any less valid than ash's like Gary, he's a researcher, so it makes sense that he would catch a few different, of the same type of Pokemon, you know, for comparative purposes. But he does say, and I'll just get my quote out of the way because I had wrote down a couple, but I'm just going to say the thing that Gary says as his explanation. He says, I keep rotating my Pokemon so they all get to battle and get bigger and stronger. Good trainers have to be smart enough to help all their Pokemon grow and be the best they can be. That seems like a pretty smart thing to do as far as, like, training his Pokemon. So, I don't know. I appreciate Gary. I like Gary. And I think he's a better trainer than Ash, so. That's how you're supposed to play the games, too, so. I mean, I see the merits of both, you know, catching a few of your favorites and using the same ones over and over. Or, you know, do you go the... Because in the games, the whole purpose of it is catch all the Pokemon, so... To be fair, Gary's doing what Oak asked him to do, which was go out and catch a lot of Pokemon. Austin, do you have thoughts? You're looking at me weirdly. No, I'm just waiting for Oak to come up as LVP because I want to see what you have to say about him. (laughs) I think I said, okay, so yes, Oak, Professor Oak is my LVP, which I feel like I've explained why. You said you had more ammunition in your anti-Oak crusade. Okay, let's see. Let me go back through my notes and see. What did I write down about Oak? Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Oak kind of bashes the other trainers that were starting out at the same time. He's like, oh, they're just not that good. What else? Oh, yeah. Well, I already brought up most of this. He's using Ash's Pokemon as his own personal assistants. He is 
abusing poor crabby making it carry around hot liquids which i feel is like a different kind of cruelty because it's a crab but (laughs) and then he's constantly complaining about muck like muck is muck is so cute like all it ever does is want to love on professor oak and professor oak is like ew get away from me you giant disgusting blob of like slime so i think he if he's going to be a trainer and a professor he's got to be okay with this but it did love him muck did love oak yeah and he treats him badly so i don't appreciate that Oh, and then the whole part where, like, they're getting into an argument about the amount of Pokemon that they've seen, and then Misty says, don't worry about it, Ash. Like, that's your business. You don't have to tell Gary how many Pokemon you've caught. Well, here comes Professor Oak. He butts (laughs) in, and he's like, meanwhile, like, while you guys are bickering over there, I scanned both of your Pokedexes. And then he goes and says, like, oh, yeah, Ash has caught or seen more, but Gary's caught more. And then they get into this whole, like, argument he's just antagonistic and basically like i brought up before brock is like help us professor they're about to like get into a fight and he's like "Mm, i'm just over here enjoying my afternoon tea i'm not a referee (sighs) the question we have to ask he lives for the drama does ash show up uninvited to where to the lab he does next episode does he just walk over to the lab and gary's just there (laughs) no i think this time he they went there be like specifically like oh we're gonna ask professor oak for help i think they told him they were coming right i don't know well when he was there last night with delia they told him then oh Oh, my gosh getting the fruit cocktail what (laughs) what you know the the drinks they're probably having a couple wines oh okay relaxing oh i thought that was a euphemism or something i thought it was like okay never mind no no it's not not. (laughs) drinking that mimey juice ew what's your quote (laughs) ox what no i said my quote it was gary's thing Oh, okay. I mean, mommy, po- mommy poured it. Not that it's directly from. Oh, okay. God, okay. Mommy, okay. I, I have the Spider-Man <laughs> quote. Speaking of liquids, oh, this no. is Spider-Man holding Mary Jane's corpse, like dug up from the grave. Good God! What? What? He dug her up? Well, someone else did. I can't remember who. Oh God! I'm sorry. The doctors didn't understand how it happened. How you had been poisoned with radioactivity. How your body slowly became riddled with cancer. I did. I was. I am filled with radioactive blood, and not just blood, every fluid, touching me, loving me, loving me killed you, like a spider crawling up inside your body and laying a thousand (laughs) eggs of cancer, I killed you. Oh my god. That is awful. That was way worse than what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me ask you, so he knew the whole time he was radioactive? Yeah. Okay, okay. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. That took a weird turn. Anyway. <laughs> it always does. It always does eventually. All right. So the next episode is The Evolution Solution, which is another filler episode, of course. And Austin's going to kick us off here with a 30-second summary. And I got the timer this time. Three, two, one, go. Missy and Rock go off with Delia and her friends for the Seafoam Islands while Ash stays at home to train. But actually, he just annoys Professor Oak, who's doing some really shitty research into Slowbro. So then Ash invites himself to the Seafoam Islands to ask another professor about Slowbro. Um, but Team Rocket appears as they're working as Giovanni's cronies, and they try to use their shelter to make the Slowpoke evolve, and they do. And the Slowpoke's also best friends with Slyduck, and then they just kind of look at each other stupidly, and then the episode ends. The end. Time up. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I was going to be like, I'm going to mess with Austin. I'm going to wait like five seconds past. I'm going to be like, you have to. <laughs> I was going really slow. I'm getting <laughs> no. really bad at these summaries. <laughs> no. Should I mess with them? But no, nah, I chose not to.
I think that was a good job considering that there wasn't a whole lot that happened this episode. This is going to be a difficult one because I was really distracted. I could not, this episode was just, I don't know. These are very dialogue focused episodes. Yeah, they, they build up this episode to be like, yes, this is important Pokemon research that, you know, it's a mystery and ooh, God, slow poke and slow bro. Oh my God. But it's really nothing. I mean, there's no point to this. Someone was like, we need a fucking Slowpoke episode. To be honest, I love Slowpoke. I think it's so cute. Slowbro also is cute. And then when we eventually, in many years from now, get to Journeys, when we get the Slowking, Slowbro episode with Ash. That was so great, but that's another time. This is the one people eat, right? The tails. The tails. The tails. Okay. Oh, that's really sad then. Which they don't mention at all. That hasn't happened yet. We're getting there. Okay, so like Austin said, Delia, Brock, and Misty are being very cruel to Ash because they have decided to go, and I don't understand this, there's like a tour group or something full of like the neighborhood people. Yes, Austin. This tour group has been mentioned once before. Yes. When? Remember the time when Delia and Oak showed up on Porta Vista and Ash was like, Professor Oak, mom, what are you doing here? Oh, is this in Sun and Moon? No, this no, is in this, the yeah. Porta Vista, the the Beauty and the Beach. Oh, okay. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, and I, I was like, what are you doing here? And they were like, we're here with our to- Pallet Town tour group. And you guys were like, that's bullshit. There's no Pallet Town tour group. They are <laughs> fucking on the beach. And I'm like, actually, there is a Pallet Town tour group. Well, and here it is. We didn't say what kind of group it was, though. Oh, Swingers group. We didn't see Delia for the majority of the episode. God knows what she was up to. We don't know whose keys she grabbed. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was mysteriously absent. Anyway, um, so they go, are, they're going on like a neighborhood day trip to the Seafoam Islands, but Ash isn't invited because he needs to get started on his league training, and this is what he signed up for, being a trainer, so too bad, so sad, Ash, you have to stay here while the rest of us go and have a nice, fun-filled beach day. So Ash goes to see Professor Oak, who is grumbling and groaning, and this is, this was very my immortal because ash literally walks up to him and he's like professor do you have a headache (laughs) and professor's wearing this short black skirt with lace and this like mcm tank top red spiky stuff all over it and corset stuff and a mini skirt with simple plan on the butt professor (laughs) oak's having a quiet that day without (laughs) delia around yeah so he's he's got this headache because like jacob mentioned in the previous episode they probably were up late drinking and so he's nursing his hangover but he tells ash that no he doesn't have a headache he's just trying to figure out the mystery behind Slowpoke and its evolution into Slowbro, because apparently this is a big question in the scientific community that needs answering so did oak's research inconsist entirely of getting a picture of a Slowpoke and a picture of shelter putting them on the screen and then pressing question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. That's <laughs> like a all work and no play makes Professor Oak a dull boy kind of situation. I didn't understand. Yeah, this is very pivotal. That's a simulation. That's how he programmed it. Okay. Just question marks over the place. And apparently in the real life as well. So. Oh, that's true. No, yeah, it was, a, it was a visual of what actually happens. Question yeah. marks appear. Yep. It's yes. like they can join and it's just question marks over the place. So that's why they can't see how it happens. Right. This was very. This was an interesting revelation that we we get here because Oak then suddenly remembers that he has a colleague named Professor Westwood who is apparently the real programmer of the Pokédex who can help 
and he lives on the Seafoam Island. So this was a surprise to me because I thought Oak was the programmer of the Pokédex, but apparently he just ripped off Professor Westwood. This is like Edison inventing the light bulb kind of thing, you know. <laughs> like he didn't really do it, but he gets yeah, the credit he, for he it. Didn't really do it. He didn't really do it at all, but he gets the credit for it kind of thing. Well, actually, I'm trying to remember the games. So in the games, in Red and Blue, you have to go to town to get the parcel, and the parcel is the Pokédexes. Oh. You have to pick them up at the Pokémart, right? I think you're right, yeah. So then Oak ordered the Pokédexes, so maybe then this makes sense in that he's not the real creator of the Pokédexes, he's ordered the Pokédexes from somewhere else. Mystery solved. Or either he fine-tunes them or something. I don't know. I guess this is a group effort or something, but regardless, Ash gets the brilliant idea of, well, if this Professor Westwood guy lives on Seafoam Island, well, I have to go there now because this is pivotal to the research, so I'm going to go along too. So they go to Seafoam Islands and... Rock and Misty are wind surfing all around and they're very surprised to see Ash who has shown up, but he tells them that this is very important and that they have to go see this guy. So they all journey together to Professor Westwood's lab and we get the introduction to him and he's quite the strange character, which is not really a surprise to anybody because everybody we come across is weird. And he tells them to call him Westwood the Fifth because all of his ancestors look exactly like him. Is this the same voice as Melvin? Is this Melvin's voice actor? Which one was Melvin? The magician. Oh, Melvin the magician? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out. I just kept looking at him and I was like, this reminds me of Melvin. <laughs> just the way he talked. Yeah, he's a little bit of a... I don't know. Is he? Is he even a real professor or scientist? Because he basically then admits to them that he just makes shit up. This explains so much. It does. Yeah. Why Dexter is completely worthless. Yeah, it's, he's literally, he tells them that he's basically looking into research on supposed legendary Pokemon, but he's not sure actually exist, and that he's just going to write some bullshit in there just because, and then Misty basically calls him out and says, isn't that like lying? And he's like, well, I guess it is lying. Yeah, this guy makes up a lot of stuff. It's like, it's, the whole point is to like sell the idea of Pokemon, like, Oh, look at these muck. They get their power from moon rays. And oh, look at, you know. And that explains the weights being really off, too, with like Kangaskhan and Onyx and all this stuff. They're really just finding Pokemon and just writing little haikus or whatever they think it is. Yeah, there's no, this is not based in any kind of science. Go. Yes, yes Austin. We see you. Okay, great. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so Melvin the Magician was Maddie Blaustein. And Westwood 5 was Nathan Price, who was actually the original voice actor for Meow. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, but okay, there you go. They were different people. Okay. Oh. Mystery solved. trivia. Westwood and the Twerps go outside because they're trying to conduct some research on Slowpoke to understand it better. Um, so he starts fishing and explains to the Twerps that Slowpoke is one of the only few Pokemon who knows how to fish because it uses its tail to fish and they don't know why it does this. It just tries to catch a a shelter on its tail to evolve and that they have no idea the mechanism of which, you know, what causes the evolution into Slowbro. And he's trying to figure out why Shelter is like a hinge shell Pokemon and Slowbro, when it evolves, it completely changes form and it's a spirally shell I don't understand why this is like pivotal research, but it is what it is. Does anybody have any theories among the group? Magic. Just magic. Austin, what about you? 
I mean, Charmeleon grows wings when it evolves. I don't see how this is that weird, but whatever. <laughs> I don't have one. I was just saying. Yeah, of all the Pokemon evolutions and all the weird stuff that happens, like, there's weirder stuff, so why get hung up on this? I have no idea. God, what happens? I'm sorry. This this second half of this episode, I just sort of kind of fell off the wagon a little bit. Psyduck and Slowpoke. Psy- so Psyduck pops out. They get this introduction to this Pokemon who have this, like, staring contest and... We get some kind of witty dialogue between like Ash and Misty and Brock. They make little comments. Cut back to Giovanni, who is relaxing on the beach of his like private beach house area. I and... love how Giovanni's in every episode now. Yeah, he just gave up looking from YouTube that quick too. He's like, I'm gonna go to the beach. Nah, hell with it. Yep. I know he he literally just was he survived a terrible explosion. People have died all around him, and now he's just like on the beach. I like to think that helicopter that picked him up from the rubble immediately took him here, and he's been here the whole time. <laughs> he was just yeah. faking being interested in it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to catch that thing. We'll just go to the beach and wait for this whole thing to blow over. This whole thing, I'm just, I'm getting ready because I feel like this is the start of, like, more frequent Giovanni, and I can't wait until we get to the boss fantasies. Like, I feel like this is the start because here's Giovanni being all sexy, like, laying on the beach with his, is like... Is he being sexy? He's a really, like, like, a Hawaiian hence, hence the boss fantasies, Austin. Yeah. Okay, okay. He was... I don't know. He was... We're gonna get a lot of naked Giovanni, but he's not naked here. Well, he's... This is the start of it. He's in his little beach trunks and his Hawaiian shirt, and he's got his cool shades on, and he's being... I don't know. He's very suave. Got his Panama Jack lotion right there. Yeah. Having Persian laying on him. Yeah, so he, I don't know, he gave off a very, like, sexy vibe. Well, here comes Team Rocket, and they're (laughs) working for him, and they're, like, digging for clams or something on the beach. I don't know, to, like, serve (laughs) you. How do they end up? What are they doing here? (laughs) He just gave them something to do. (laughs) They were just around, he's like, go dig Dig up up clams. Dig up clams for his afternoon snack or whatever i don't i don't know <laughs> but eat the, eat the so james he comes across a shelter he digs up a shelter and is about to catch it but then G- jesse steals the catch from him yes jacob okay this totally negates the point of them fishing earlier right if the shelter are in the sand oh yeah then why are they looking for him <laughs> is it easier to just find one on the beach and have to wait for one to bite your tail or whatever i'm just throwing that out there this whole episode, okay, this is just, it is what it is. Let's just get I just, just get realized it. they were looking for clams, implying that the clams, the animal, exist in the Pokemon world to yes. eat. Yes. Okay, interesting. Well, they said the word clams, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did, yeah. That's part of my quote. Oh, I'm sorry. It has been ruined. We're good. Okay. Yeah, clam it. Okay, let's move on then. Now it's ruined. So then Giovanni decides that he's going to give them a task of... For some reason, breaking into Westwood's Pokemon lab? Like, I don't know why he he thinks that he's going to find anything of value in this guy's laboratory, but he tells Team Rocket to go and, and break into the lab. D- didn't Giovanni even, like, say, like, I'm sick of looking at you. You need to leave now. It's like, yeah, he's trying to get basically. them to go away. Oh, yeah. possibly. Yeah, because he's like, you simpletons. And the Pokemon Symposium is coming up, too. So maybe he's trying to, like... See if uh, Mr. Wood has any, like, hidden stuff about Pokemon, I guess. I think he's probably just trying to get rid of him, but maybe that's his. Are you saying that Giovanni is part of the panel of people who go to the Pokemon Symposium? Like, I, I think he's there. I think he might be there. 
He's probably bought his way onto it, you know? It does seem like a very black tie event. Maybe he, he has some kind of connection. Here's what happened. He was going to present Mewtwo at the Pokemon oh. Symposium. Oh. And he escaped, so he's sending Jesse and James to go get whatever Westwood is going to present so he can present it himself. There you go. Actually, I like that explanation. Okay, we'll go with that. So back to Westwood. There's a lot of jumping around in this episode. So we're back to Westwood, and he's like explaining to the twerps um, that he needs to solve the mystery of why Shelter, like we said before, changes to the his the shell shape. So as they're doing that, they're having lunch on his like balcony. Here comes Team Rocket, like parasailing in to steal the Pokemon. And they get there, and much to their surprise, he doesn't have any Pokemon except for the one Slowpoke, which they are then dead set on evolving in order to bring back to Giovanni. So they get into this battle, there's a lot of shenanigans and shelters chasing Slowpoke around, and eventually Psyduck gets involved, Shelter latches onto its head, and he gets a massive headache, and Team Rocket is blasting off again after he uses disable he learns disable right in this episode for the first time oh is that maybe, the first yeah. time he used it it's the first time he's used it but they've he's like had it in his arsenal i think okay bulbapedia um so while austin's doing that we'll just keep on so basically psyduck wins the day but at the very end of the episode the shelter ends up biting slowpoke's tail and it evolves into Slowbro. we yes austin he's known to disable since the beginning oh okay. use it in ninja pokey showdown Okay, so this isn't new, but basically Team Rocket is defeated, and we save the day, and now we have Slowbro. I was so confused by the ending of this. Were they trying to prevent the shelter from getting on the Slowpoke? Yes. The twerps? Yeah. Okay, well, it seems like it's a mutual agreement kind of thing. If, you know, the Slowpoke, it seems like it's more of a, what do they call it, symbiotic relationship, where they both benefit, because the Slowpoke wouldn't be actively fishing for it. That's true. Unless the shelter is like... The problem, I don't know. I think the logic is, this is a stretch. I think the logic is they want to keep it as a slowpoke for now for Westwood's research purposes, but then it evolves anyway. And they're like, and then Westwood's like, oh, I see now. It's like a symbiotic relationship. And it's like, okay, great. We already knew that, and that's not even what the answer <laughs> you were, the question you were looking to answer. So what the fuck is this about? Who cares? Yeah, you just saw, like, what causes it and how it goes down. I mean, what else more do you... It's That's just how it happens, you know? They were so against it at the beginning. Like, oh, God, don't let it evolve. But then, to your point, the whole purpose was wanting to see how it evolves and why it changes. And then he's like, when it does evolve, Westwood's like, oh, my God. Like, no one's ever seen this happen before. Like... <laughs> in front of really? our eyes like really he does say that, that. that right. he does he says that he's like no researcher has ever seen this happen and like i would have thought that they would want to see it they, they should have went out a camera and record this maybe that's why they were trying to stop it from happening they didn't have their camera with maybe them so. oh maybe my god well it's still bad then both people are bad like it's either gonna force it to evolve or you're gonna stall it so we can record it and research it this whole thing it doesn't make any sense it's so oh my god i don't even know just make up your minds do you want it to evolve do you not want it to evolve what's the big problem here anyway i don't even know what happens after that because i kind of just sort of blacked out so (laughs) i don't even know how it ends i think that's basically it oh they try to catch it i think um team rocket tries to catch it but then um slow bro um like mega punches it 
slow bro okay so how does that work that's an interesting question because shelter was jesse's pokemon Slowpoke was westwood's pokemon and then shelter bites Slowbro or Slowpoke and evolves and now the Slowbro is just westwood's pokemon so that's a really good point i didn't think about that i wonder what happened to shelter's pokeball in that yeah case. so then why so what determined so like why wouldn't Slowbro then be Jesse's Pokemon? Like, what determines who gets ownership of it? Because it's two different Pokemon coming together as one. You think you got to re-catch it, maybe? Well, it's Westwood's Pokemon because he was still commanding it. Do you think if, like, Jesse threw her Pokeball and, like, Westwood threw his, would it separate them? I feel like it's just, like, subsumed into Slowbro now. Like, it's, it no longer is an independent entity. It's- it showed her a parasite. Kind of. Is it a parasitic clam? Like, who's controlling... Is the Slowpoke or Slowbro in charge or the Shelter? Well, Slowpoke slash Slowbro is in charge because it's... Isn't it the opposite with Slowking? Because Slowking, it bites it in the head and then that's how it gets its intelligence. So then in that case, wouldn't mm. then the Shelter be in charge? Yeah, I think that's what I think the Shelter kind of is like. It's I think it evolves because it's so dumb and then the Shelter's highly intelligent and that's the benefit that it gets, raised intellect. I don't know. I just, it, it bugged me because I'm like, okay, so what happens to Jesse's poor shelter? Like, it just gets consumed. Like, why is it Westwood's and not hers? We'll never have any more information on any of this because Oak and Westwood are completely incompetent and don't know what they're doing and can't, can't <laughs> give us actual answers to any of this. We should we should change the name of the show to, like, the Pokeball, the Pokemon Professors because we, we dig deep on this stuff when they're not willing to. This is high-quality content you're getting here, folks, with the uh, us picking this apart and trying to solve this. Question mark, question mark, question, question mark, mark, question mark. <laughs> Riddle me this, Slowpoke. Riddle me this. There's your title. We still didn't get any answers as to the, like you said, Austin, the question that they were trying to answer originally, which was, why does its shell type change shape? Not, you know, forgetting the whole, like, why does it evolve in the first place kind of thing, but like, this whole thing. I don't know. I mean... Okay. Episode over. We have more questions than answers, <laughs> but as, that's as where we usual. are. As usual, there's more questions than answers, but I think that's what makes this show so great is that we deep dive and we're willing to go there when others aren't. (laughs) So please leave us a five-star rating and comment. Well, I just also realized that I completely forgot to write down an MVP and LVP, so I'm like... Ah, you're me last episode. Okay. Guess what? And you're first, too. Oh, no. Okay. No, I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. Oh, rude. Actually, I'm first. And you're actually last, Alex, so the randomizer must have heard and took pity on you. I was last last time, too. What? Okay. All right. For the evolution solution, my MVP was Westwood, I guess. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know know why I wrote that, but apparently it was Better come up with a reason. I put, like, next to it, I put for saving Slowpoke. I don't did remember when I don't remember when he did this, but apparently he did during the episode at some point that made me think, okay, maybe. Uh, was it about okay. to get hit by a car or something? This is and some he- revisionist <laughs> history going on here, but like, okay. I don't know why, but but somewhere in that episode we didn't go over, but Westwood saved Slowpoke. Maybe that's how he got Slowpoke. <laughs> oh, that's how he got so- Slowpoke. It was rainy and it was on a bridge and there was a there was a wreck. Oh right, right. There was a wreck and right. Westwood got yeah. Him. The whole tragic backstory that we didn't talk about. Yes, and uh, for my LVP, I put Shelter. I guess because of what it went through, of being like tossed around, like, oh, you're going to evolve. Oh, no, you're not. Mm. Oh, you're going to evolve. It's got to be a weird feeling 
as a Pokemon. Like, if you're on that verge of evolving, and then you get stopped, then you're going to evolve again, then you get stopped. It's, I can only imagine the sensation that that brings. Just press the B button and... Hold it down. Okay. Yeah. And then my quote um, comes from our friend James. <laughs> and it's when they're digging for clams. And he goes, look at us digging for clams like a couple of clam diggers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me. Okay, now it's my turn. My MVP is going to be Giovanni. For God damn so it! Sexy. <laughs> you just took a new. <laughs> I took it from Alex because I knew she was going to take him. You're I don't so know. Mean. I don't think he was very sexy, but y'all seem to think he was, so I'll take him. Ooh. I do wish we had gotten like a like a Daniel Craig as James Bond and the little blue tr- blue trunks coming out of the ocean kind of thing. Oh, then yeah. that would be sexy. That would be real hot. And then you see a uh, Persian as Halle Berry. It just stands up. Ooh. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I want a Giovanni like kick because I wrote that whole fan fiction a few episodes back with sexy Giovanni, and then I don't know. He was just lounging on the beach, and he's just—I mean, he Jesus—he walked out of like a smoldering fireball like explosion, and he was just like, "I'm like off to my next thing." Like not even face. He's just like you simpletons, and like I don't know. I'll give him MVP because he's re- he's rebounding from the Mewtwo situation real real nice. He's got his big old beachfront mansion that he's hanging out in. He's got Team Rocket digging clams for him. He's living the life. MVP. Does he have mm. a wife, you think? He, he has a son? He does have a son. I can imagine like he has a Gary thing going on where he just has a bunch of cheerleaders follow him around. Uh, just don't don't see they him, you know? Don't they imply that um What's her face? Like, what's her name? Like, Ariana or something? Yeah, I never finished Heart Gold. The the executive lady in, in Heart Gold is the mother, but. Because she looks like Silver. It, she looks exactly like Silver, so that's what I choose to believe. My LVP will be Professor Oak for not <laughs> knowing how to use a fucking phone to call Professor Westwood. Well, he just wanted to get rid of Ash. That's true. I would want to get rid of Ash, too. He has the whole town to himself. Ash is the only one there. Okay, I got a double quote, kind of. Okay, when Shelter gets on the Psyduck tail, Ash says, It's gonna be a Cybro. Then later, like <laughs> like all the dialogue keeps on going, like the exposition, exposition, and then randomly Ash cuts in with like, I made up that Cybro thing. Oh, like, he's okay, awesome. thanks, Ash. <laughs> that was awesome. That was like several sentences later. It was in like a very serious moment. It was like uh like and he just like his face goes, I made up that. Yeah, it was like a full serious thing too, in the middle of it. Okay, wait. Okay, so who did we say for MVP? We said Giovanni and Jake, what was yours? Mr. Wood. Mr. Westwood. I have a suggestion if you want one. Yes. Delia for having a nice vacation day and not being seen for the whole episode. That's not really an MVP thing, is it? She was probably back in Giovanni's little I was about to say, wouldn't that be crazy (laughs) if the camera pans up from the beach and you see Delia right there? Oh my god. Yeah, forget Professor Oak. Okay, I'm going to give it to... Professor Oak in this episode for having a headache. Well, not having a headache, I should say. <laughs> he just faked it. Got some Dumbledore vibes. Typically, I hate Professor Oak, but whatever. We'll just give him MVP because at least he was like, I don't know. It seemed like he was trying to do some actual research. Like he had a computer and everything versus like this Westwood guy who. <laughs> that's what, computer that's who he's doing research. <laughs> if you have a computer, they're doing research. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like he was trying a little bit harder, at least, to do. Oh, this, like, slow claymation animated simulation yeah. he had there. Yeah. God, I don't know. I know I'm reaching. I have nobody else. Let's see. God, LVP. Persia. 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 I think you cut out there, Jacob. 
Persian. A Persian? Make it up. For drinking, having to drink nasty hot milk on the beach with sand. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, don't feed your cat's milk. Also, don't feed your, like, leopard milk or whatever animal he is. I have an LVP. Giovanni for not being shirtless. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's yeah. going to get a Co-signed. real farmer's tan. How dare you, Giovanni? Give the people what they want. Shirtless. Yeah, use sunbathing shirtless. Please. That's what we all want. <laughs> yep. I think that's the title of the episode. Take it off, Giovanni. All right. I guess that brings us to a close with the discussion Wait, of the quote? episodes this week. Oh, did I do a quote? Oh, oh God. Do... Oh. Did I not? Probably not. Bring us home. Okay, I like the the quote where Ash and Brock are having a discussion when they meet Westwood for the first time, and Ash says, he's a little eccentric, and Brock says, I think it's probably hereditary. He must have gotten it from Westwood's one through four. I don't know. That was, that's all I got. I did, I did enjoy that the painting of himself was like, I don't know how to describe it. He was like super sexy. <laughs> yeah. Was, it was like yeah. a handsome Squidward type situation. Yeah. Yes, it was. All right, I guess now that brings us to a close, unless anyone has any further thoughts for these episodes. No, if you've made it this far, if you're still with us after all that, we commend you. Getting down in the dirty dirty with the Pokemon. I'm going to kick it off to Austin here to talk about what we're going to be doing next week. Okay, next week we're just doing the next two episodes, The Peak Kahuna and Make Room for Gloom. Ooh. So you better make room for Gloom for next week. How much room are we talking here? Because I only have so much space. Well, I don't know. Based on that Kangaskhan and Onyx weight discussion we had last week, Gloom could be two pounds or three thousand pounds. It could be anything. <laughs> it's gonna be like a mini plush or like a huge, you know, size of a house. Yeah, it's probably like nine feet tall or like seven inches tall. I don't know. It's all speculation. Do we have to ask about the reading after? Are we gonna do that? I think we could do we could do a couple chapters of My Mortal after this if you guys want to. I'm always down. So we'll do a we'll do a couple chapters of My Mortal after this. Is that okay with you, Austin? Fine, I'm fine. I'm the one who has to edit these long ass episodes. Fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll close this out here. Stay tuned afterwards if you want to hear some My Immortal. But we just like to say thank you all for listening, and be sure to leave us a five star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. That's outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Out of Drying Pan. Again, that's Out of Drying Pan. And join us next time as the journey continues. Good friends are those who stick together when there's sun and in the heavy weather. Yeah, smile after smile, that's how it will be. Just you and me.
Okay, where did we leave off? Did what I'm looking for it. Chapter? Did we? I think it was chapter fifteen. Yeah, we start. We left off on cha- chapter fourteen. Good God, there's forty four chapters. Yes, there is. They saved Draco, and now Ebony's like, "Why can't I be ugly?" Yeah, she's lamenting her curse of being the most popular, prettiest, most talented girl. All right, Alex, you're first. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay, chapter 15. A.N. Stoop flaming, okay? BTW, you suck. From no one, from no on every Tim someone flams me, I'm gonna slit my wrists. Thanks to Raven for Helepian. Ebony, Ebony, shouted Draco sadly. No, please, come back. But I was too mad. Whatever. Now you can go and have sex with vampire, I shouted. I stormed into my room and closed my black door with my blood-red key. It had a picture of Marilyn Manson on it. The key had a picture (laughs) of Marilyn Manson on it. How small was that picture? (laughs) I guess you can, you know, you can put like those little key, like rubber things on the keys. So maybe like, maybe it was a big key. We don't know. Doesn't say the size of the key. Anyway. He looked so sexy in a way that reminded me of Draco and Vampire. I started to cry and weep. I took a razor and started to slit my wrists. I drank the blood all depressed. Then I looked at my black GC watch and noticed it was time to go to biology class. I put on a short ripped black gothic dress that said anarchy on the front in blood red letters and was all ripped in a spiky belt. Under that I put on ripped black fishnets and boots that said Joel all over them with blood-red letters. I put my ebony black hair out. Anyway, I went downstairs feeling all sad and depressed as usual. I did some advanced biology work. Why are they doing biology work? Like, biology, and not like herbology or or potions or something Harry Potter related. They didn't say what kind of biology. Magical biology. Yeah. I was turning a bloody pentagram into a black guitar. How is that biology? Because, you know, guitars, <laughs> the anatomy of a guitar resembles a human. Just like it's. Well, maybe it's, it's related like to this this next part because suddenly the guitar turned into Draco. Oh, that is biology. No, it then. is biology. It is. All right. Magical biology. Oh, my God. Enobi, I love you, he shouted sadly. I do not care what those fucker preps and posers think. You're the most beautiful girl in the world. Before I met you, I used to want to commit suicide all the time. Now, I just want to fucking be with you. I fucking love you. Then, he started to sing The Chronicles of Life and Death. We considered it our song now, because we fell in love when Joel was singing it. Right in front of the entire class. His singing voice was so amazing and gothic and sexy like a cross between Gerard, Joel, Chester, Pierre, and Marilyn Manson. A.N., don't you think those guys are so hot? If you do not know who they are, get the fuck out of here. Okay, I need to get out of here then. Because I, I recognize, like, Chester. Who's Pierre? I don't know who I Pierre, don't know Pierre is. Who's Joel? Joel Madden. Okay, and what about Gerard? Butler? Gerard, Gerard Way. My Chemical Romance. Okay. I don't know who Pierre is. I guess we're posers and preps. I mean, Marilyn Manson. Gross. Let's not talk about Okay, yeah. Okay. OMFG, I said after he was finished. Some fucking preps stared at us, but I just stuck my up my middle fingers that were covered in black nail polish and were entwined with Draco's now. 
at them. I love you, I said. And then we started to kiss, just like Hilary Duff. I fucking hate that bitch. And CMM in a Cinderella story. Oh, I think that's Chad Michael Murray. That's definitely Chad Michael Murray, yeah. Who's that guy? Whatever happened to him? Is that the Tristan from Gilmore Girls guy? Yes, and then he went on to One Tree Hill, and then that was on forever. And I don't know... I think he was an Agent Carter, speaking of Marvel. Oh, he may He was been. in Freaky Friday. He was the love interest in Freaky Friday oh, with was he? Jamie yes, Lee Curtis he was. and Lindsay yeah. Lohan. Okay. Yeah, he's not doing too much these days, I don't think. He probably Sorry, made Chad a bunch Michael of money. Murray. Yeah, I don't know whatever happened to him. Hmm. Anyway, then we went away holding hands. Lupin shouted at us, but he stopped because everyone was clapping by how sexy we looked together. Then I saw a poster saying that MCR would have a concert in Hogsmeade right then. We looked at each other and all shocked, and then we went together. And that is chapter 15, and yes. I am next with chapter 16, the freaking longest chapter ever. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. Are you ready for this, Jacob? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not at all. <laughs> Jacob, I challenge you to like do this with like a upbeat demeanor, like you're really excited for every line. <laughs> that will <laughs> that you. Okay. That's <laughs> not happening, apparently. Author's note. You know what? Oh Set up God. okay. Prove to me. Okay, I take it back. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was me. I'm trying to be uh, jovial here. Arthur's note. You know what? Set up okay. Prove to me you're not. You're nut preps. Raven, you suck. You fucking bitch. Oh my God, the ba- sweater. <laughs> back ma. Fucking sweet. Sweet. You're supposed to rit this. Raven, WTF, you bitch. You're supposed to do this. BTW fangs to Britney's 5655 for Tekken Me Japanese. What? Okay. I read it as it was written. Okay. Raven's a fucking bitch because she took her sweater. And then somebody taught her Japanese. No, she's teaching her Japanese. By the way, no fangs. Doesn't it like thanks? Fangs like thanks to Britney yeah, for fangs. teaching me Japanese. Yeah, te- yeah. she's getting she's taught be- Japanese. She's getting taught Get Japanese. It? Fangs. Okay. I'll read this in Japanese, though. Oh, God. Watashi wa mi o saka. No. We ran happily to Hogsmeade. There we saw the stage where GC had played. Enlighten me to GC. I know Good who Charlotte. Charlotte. Good Charlotte. Okay. That's right. I remember that one. We ran in happily. MCR were there playing Helena. I was so fucking happy. Gerard looked even sexier than he did in Enda Pictures. Even Draco thought so. I could totally see him getting an... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I could totally see him get an, uh, an erection, but it didn't matter because I knew, because I knew now, na- no, that we were the only true ones for each other. Okay, so Draco's looking at Gerard here. Yes. He, he's got a boner. Okay. Yes. Draco, calm down. Sometimes it's all it takes, I guess. I was wearing a black leather mini dress and black leather platinum boots with red ripped fishnets. Draco was wearing a black baggy MCR t-shirt and black baggy pants. Anyway, we stated moshing to Helena. We Frenched. We ran up to the front of the band to stage dive. Suddenly, Gerard pulled off his mask. So did the others. We gasped. Oh my god. <laughs> it wasn't them at all. It was Fosamort and the Death Dealers. The Death Dealers? <laughs> what, a, what a twist we got going on here. WTF, Draco. I'm not going to a concert with you. Shout, I shouted angrily. Not after what happened to me last time. Even if it's MCR, and you know how much I like them. What? Because we, you know, he gadgeted uncomfortably. Because <laughs> guys don't like to talk about you know what. 
Yeah, because we know you, I yielded in an angry voice. We won't do that again, Draco promised. This time, we're going to... You're going with an escort. Wait, I don't understand what's happening here. What okay, is this conversation? So, we'll decipher this here. So, they're at a concert, all right, and then Volsamort's there with the Death Dealers. Yes. She's pissed that Draco took her there, and I guess she thinks that he's betraying her, but oh. he's like, no, we're safe because or I got to escort this time, and they're not going to take me like they did last time. Austin, do you have another? I have an explanation. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but it's going to spoil something that happens in chapter 17 that we have to read today. Okay. And this one. We okay. won't read it then. Okay. I'm confused, but keep going. How, cl- how close was I? Wrong. Go on. Okay, okay. But admittedly, like, there's no... The answer requires context that you couldn't possibly have. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is not my fault. Okay. This is no, not your fault. No. Okay. This that is makes just feel the better. nature of it. Okay. Because I feel like I'm reading it and I'm absorbing it, but I'm not knowing what's happening. That's exactly the point. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. We're steamrolling here then. <laughs> OMFG. WTF. Are you given into mainstream? <laughs> I asked. So I guess you're a prep or a Christina or what now? No, he muttered loudly. Are you becoming a prep or what? I shouted angrily. Anabi, I'm not. Please, come with me. He fell down to his knees and started singing, The World is Black by GC to me. I was flattened because that's not even a single. He had memorized the lyrics just for me. That's pretty good. Good for him. I like how he's like always singing at her. Why is he always singing at her? <laughs> he knows what gets her going. That's how you express your emotions, you yeah. know. You bust into song. Austin, every 80s love romance movie should have taught you this yes okay then i guess i will have to i said and then we frenched for a while and i went up to my and went up to my room wait so wait a minute (laughs) they were in the concert at hogsmeade yes and then volsamort was there yep but now they just suddenly back at hogwarts in her room yep okay biology yep bloody mary was standing there Oh, good lord. <laughs> All right, Jacob, put your Japanese skills to the test. Hajima <laughs> stay, girl. I can't remember how to actually say that. I know that word. That means, like, hello, or nice to meet you. She said happily. She speaks Japanese, so do I. That means, how do you do in Japanese? By the way, Willow, BTW, Willow, that fucking poser, got expelled. She failed all her classes, and she skipped math. Author's note, Raven, you fucking suck. Fuck you. Oh, yeah, Raven's supposed to be Willow in this story, right? Hajima must stay. Hajima must stay. Whatever. It serves that fucking bitch right, I laughed angrily. Well, anyway, we were we were falling all depressed. We watched some gothic movies like This Nightmare Before Xmas. Maybe Willow will die, too, I said. Damn. Jeez. Kawhi. Bloody Mare shook her head energetic, energetically. Lethargic risky. I don't Wait, know. What the she shook her head <laughs> energetically, lethargically? Yes, I don't know. Okay. You know the question mark thing that was going on in the Pokemon thing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if that was real, that would be just like, that would cover my screen to a point where you couldn't see my face. <laughs> uh, Kawhi, I commented happily. We talked to each other in silence. Oh, you skipped something. No, you, you skipped, skipped a whole oh, paragraph. Oh, oh. oh, yeah. I have a <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, have a oh confession after she got expelled. I murdered her and then Lupin did it with her because she's he's a necrophiliac. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we reading? Jacob, are you done? Is this... <laughs> 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 
See. Oh. Wait. I, I get, I, no, 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 no. I get what you guys did here. And what did we do? What did we do? Talk about the elephant in the room here. You know my we habit. Wrote this. You know my habit. No, I know you didn't write it. You know my like OCD thing of having to finish things and not leaving them unfinished. Oh. So ah. you wrote me into this, knowing, knowing this, and now we have to finish this thing. So I get okay. what's going on here. So wait a minute. So Bloody Mary murdered her after she got expelled, and then no, I think she Lupin. murdered. She murdered. Oh, she got expelled. Bloody Mary murdered. Did she get Willow. expelled, or did she murder her? And that's no. The- she Willow got expelled because she failed all her classes, and then Bloody Mary murdered her, and then Lupin. Did yeah. some stuff. <laughs> okay, so the murder wasn't the expulsion? No, she got expelled and then got murdered. Okay, the sequencing matters there. Okay, so she... By Bloody Mary, yes. Okay. Who Okay. Kawhi, I commented happily. We talked to each other in silence for the rest of <laughs> the movie. Oh, hey, BTW. I'm going to a concert with Draco tonight in Hogsmeade with MCR. Are we, like, what are we doing? Are we time <laughs> looping here? <laughs> Just are wait. we going back? <laughs> So these cop these paragraphs are like out of sequence to where okay so this is like it's like a movie where you get the ending before the beginning. This but is each, but yeah. each paragraph's like that. Okay, I need to wear the hot set outfit, Eva. Bloody Mary nodded energetically. OMFG, totally. Let's go shopping and hot topic, right? I asked already, getting out my special or special hot topic loyalty card. No, my head snaped up. What? My head spoon. I could not believe it. Bloody Mary, are you a prep? No, no, she she shouted, or she laughed. I found some cool gothic stores near Hogwarts, that's all. Who told you about them? I asked. Sure, it would be Draco or Diablo or Vampire. Don't even say that name to me. Or don't even say that nom to me. Or me. Dumbledore, she said. Let me just call your Brahms. OMFG, OMFFG, Dumbledore, I asked quietly. If it's, it's, that's capitalized, but she said it quietly. Yes. Okay. Well, they talk quietly through the movie. They talked in silence. silence. Okay, but, okay, the emphasis on the letters is for the reader. Yeah, I saw the map for Hogsmeade on his desk, she told me. Come on, let's go. Uh, How much more we have left? (laughs) (laughs) We are going, we're going in a few punk off stores especially for the comments or the concerts in hogsmeade the salesperson was omg hotter than gerald except not because that's impossible and he gave me a few dresses she didn't i guess okay she didn't buy them he just gave them to her we only have these for the real goths the real goths me and bloody mary asked yeah, yeah, I wouldn't believe how many posers there are in this town, man. Yesterday, Lupin and S- Snap tried to buy a gothic <laughs> camera pouch. He shook his head. I didn't even know they had a camera. Oh, cause that's pretty funny. That's a flashback to earlier. That's funny. OMFG, no, they're going to spy on me again. I cried, running out of the changing room, wearing a long black dress with lots of red uh, tool, tool coming out. Yeah, tool is an actual, like, material to make... It's like a fine mesh kind of thing. Oh, so I am learning something from Tara this. just taught you something. Yeah, I'm about to say. I just learned something here. I thought it was a made-up word with a huge slit. Okay, is it... Oh, my... Are we talking about Satan here? Oh, my Satan. You have to buy that outfit, the salesperson said. Yeah, it's toddly hot, said Bloody Mary. You know... You know what? I'm going to give it to you for free because you look really hot in that outfit. How are you going to be at the concert tonight? He asked. 
Yeah, I, I am actually. Oh, hey, are you going to be at the concert tonight? He asked. Yeah, I am actually. I look back at him. Hey, BTW, my name's Ebony Darkness Dementia Terra Way. What's your name? What's yours? Ooh, here we go. Tom Ridd, he said, and ran a band through his black-dyed hair. Maybe I'll see you there tonight. Ooh, getting a little spicy here. Yeah, I don't think so, because I'm going there with my BF Draco, you sick perv. <laughs> Shot him down quick. <laughs> I yelled angry, but before he could beg me to go with him, Hagrid flew in on his black broom, looking worried. OMFG, Ebedee, you need to get back into the castle now. Alright, we have to read the next one just because it gives some context for the last chapter. Good lord. Oh my god. Okay, then we're done, then we're done. Chapter 17. A.N. I said stop claiming the Storio. If you're a prep, then do not read it. You can tell whether you're a prep or not by my quiz. It's on my homepage. If you're not, then you rock. If you're, you are, then fukuf. Puzu Willow isn't really a prep. Raven, please do this. I'll promise to give you back your poster. Tom Riddle g- gave us some stuff, and some clothes and stuff for free. He said he was help with makeup if he wanted because he was really into fashion and stuff. He's bisexual. Hagrid kept shooting at us to come back to Hogwarts. W2F Hagrid, I shouted angrily. Fuck off, you fucking bastard. Well, anyway, Willow came. Hagrid went away angrily. Wait, I thought Willow Wait, was Willow's dead. dead. <laughs> no, she she's here. She got murdered and then... Yeah. yeah. Hey, bitch, you look kawaii, she said. Yeah, but not as kawaii as you, I answered sadly, because Willow's really pretty in everything. She was wearing a short black corset thingy with blood red lace on it and a black blood red miniskirt, leather fishnets, and black pony boots that showed off how hale she was. She had a really nice body with big boob bobs and everything. She had thin enough to be anorexic. Ugh. So you're going to the concert What with Draco, she asked. Yeah, I said happily. I'm gone with Diabolo, she answered happily. Well, anyway, Draco and Diabolo came. They were both looking <laughs> extremely hot and sexy, and you could tell they thought we were oat too. Diabolo was wearing a black t-shirt that said 666 on it. He was wearing tons of makeup, just like Marilyn Manson. Draco was wearing black leather pants, a gothic GC t-shirt, and black vans he got from the Warp Tower. Bloody Mary was going to the concert with Dracola. Wait, I thought Willow was going with her. Whatever. Dracola used to be called Naval. Wait, what? Soon- <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What? Draco. Wait, okay, stop. Sorry. (laughs) Draco and Diabolo came, but now Dracola is now naval. But so this is not Draco. Okay, Diabolo is wrong, and Dracola is naval. So wait, Dracola is not Draco. Right. No, it's Dracola is naval. Dracola. Dracola, okay. Dracola used to be called Naval, but it turned out that he was kidnapped at birth and his real family were vampires. Okay, that sounds familiar. He <laughs> died in a car crash. Naval converted to Satanism and he went goth. He was in Slytherin now. He was wearing a black warp t-shirt, black jeans, and shoes and black hair with red streaks in it. We called him Dracula now. Well, anyway, we all went to Draco's bl- black Mercy Benz, get it, because we're gopikic, and that his dad Lucian gave him. We did pot, coke, and crack. Oh, my God. Draco and I made out. We made fun of those stupid fucking preps. We soon got there. I guess. Gerard was the sexiest guy ever. He looked sexier than he did in pics. He had long, long raven black hair and piercing blue eyes. He was really skinny, and he had an amazing ethnic voice. No. Um. <laughs> 
We moshed to Hel- Helena in some other songs. Suddenly, Gerard pulled off his mask. So did the other members. I gasped. <laughs> it wasn't Gerard at all. It was an ugly, preppy man with no nose and red eyes. Everyone ran away but me and Draco. Draco and I came. Excuse it was- me? <laughs> it was Vladimir and the Death Dealers. Okay, so I think the, p- the previous time this happened was a preview of this. <laughs> I don't. It was a fast forward. Okay, all right. So that was there, like that was like out of place, like the yes. other chapter that I read that made no sense. Yes. Okay. You moronic idiots! He shooted instantly. <laughs> Anabi, I told you to kill Vampire. Thou have failed, and now I shall kill Dal and Draco. No, no, please! We begged sadly. But he took out his knife. His knife? <laughs> Suddenly, a gothic old man flew in on his broomstick. He had long black hair and a long black beard. He bread. Was warring... He had a long black bread. Oh, bread. He was wearing a black robe that said Avril Lavigne on the back. He shot it a spell and Vladimort ran away. It was Dumbledore. <laughs> oh my god. The end. <laughs> okay. Happy New Year. Happy New yes. Year. Yeah, this episode, what did you say? It's going to go up on the first? Yeah. So, yes. Happy New Year to all. And to all a good night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very off. All right. Yep. Stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>